0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Most of us have certainly already experienced the pain and the suffering that accompany the loss of a loved one. The mother might have experienced the loss of a husband, or the loss of a beloved son, or even maybe the unexpected loss of hope, and can shared in the sufferings and tears of today's widow of Naim. In these unfortunate and terrible circumstances, it is quite interesting and certainly comforting to see how the family, friends, the entourage gather around the mourning mother, as the crowd gather around the mysterious widow presented to us in today's Gospel. Oftentimes, some unknown and unexpected support is given, and suddenly the mother that once was crowning under the heavy weight of her mourning now finds herself strengthened and reassured, thanks to the presence of her children or friends gathered around her. How many graces and joys are born, born from this unfortunate event? What was at first a terrible misfortune can now become a source of profound reflection on the beauty and the good that come from everything that God gives and that God takes away. However, we are all well aware that these unfortunate circumstances also removes the veil and reveals to that mother everyone's true colors. How many divisions are born in families after a funeral, when material considerations, human pride, the spirit of revenge for imparted grudges, selfish interests and personal enrichment come into play. The analogy is now clear and the great Saint Ambrose comments. From a mystical interpretation, however, this widow, compass with the multitude is something more than a poor woman whose tears won from the Lord the resurrection of the young men, her only son. For she is a type, a prototype of our Holy Mother, the Church, who calls back many of her children to life from the very funeral procession of spiritual death, or even from the pomps which be the burial rites. Of sin for the Lord regards her tears which same it is lawful for her to shed only for sinners and not for them that will rise again so in her in her suffering, today certainly more than ever the church mourns the death of many of her sons and in this solemn procession which will end one day or the other with the resurrection of all her sons for the last judgment, according to God's divine plan and wisdom, in this solemn procession, funeral procession, are revealed the true colors of her faithful. The divisions between her faithful sons and those preoccupied only with the soul, with earthly concerns, lending an ear to the perfidious and chanting words of the evil powers whose sole mission is the destruction of the church and eternal death for her sons, so the divisions, the gap that separates them both, seem to become increasingly clear to whoever pays attention to our present times. But the church is one, and the church is holy, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is one, unity in faith, in her moral teaching, in her government, and if it happens that some someone believes, teaches or accepts false doctrines, lives a life in contradiction and opposition with her teaching, or detaches himself from that unity of government, he inevitably withdraws himself from the mystical body of Christ, his Church. This mark of the true Church its unity and oneness, cannot suffer any cancer, but will almost naturally reject this cancer, eliminate the gangrened member. That is, any false doctrine, any theological error, any deprived morality, will sooner or later be purged from her heart and cast away from this Immaculate Bride of Christ. And today, the apsis has been crowded, The body suffers, of course, the wounded members are in pain, but the healing process has already begun. Because again, and this is the second mark, the church is holy, because its author and head is holy, and because it gives sufficient graces to every single member to attain that holiness through the sacraments. So today's in-depth purification of the Church certainly promises more glorious times, promises the restoration of a long-awaited order and discipline in belief, in moral and in the public liturgy. If the ship of Peer seems to be sinking from all parts, if poisonous and putrid waters seem to be flowing inside the many cracks and holes of the whole. One should not lose hope and confidence in the promise of its divine captain. None prevalebut. They will not prevail. Forget the promise, start doubting, question the divine wisdom of God, and soon you will find yourself offboard, at its enemy's mercy, trying to swim in these deadly waters of indifferentism, modernism, relativism, subjectivism, and the like. It is the duty of us Christians, who by God's mercy have been preserved from the general decay, says a spiritual author, to share in the anguish of our Mother, the Church. We should humbly but fervently cooperate with her in all her zealous endeavours to reclaim our fallen brethren. We surely can never be satisfied with not being of the number of those senseless, senseless songs who are a sorrow to their mother and despise the labor of her that bore them. And starting tomorrow, Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross, the opportunity is given us to firmly cooperate in the church's zealous endeavors by praying for 40 consecutive days for the conversion of our nation and its citizens. I invite you to listen once again to the great exhortation from Canon Talarico, which will be posted tonight at 7 PM central time on our social media. It is also quite providential that this 40 days novena to extend the reign of Christ our King became the day after the anniversary of the fifth apparition of Our Lady at Fatima. It's of course, today. We know that there is no coincidence, but always the working hand of divine providence. What do you want of me? Asked Sister Lucia to Our Lady. And she replied, Continue the rosary, my children. Say it every day that the war may end. The rosary will be the life we eat that will rescue men that have fallen off the boat. The rosary will be the weapon of our crusade for the restoration of the kingship of our Lord in our society. Let us mourn with the widow of Naim. Let us pray for the resurrection of her fallen sons. Let us unite our prayers as one voice, one heart, during this 40 days' novena, asking our Lord to restore in his church especially the church in our nation, leaders according to his sacred heart. May your abiding mercy, O Lord, cleanse and strengthen our church. And since without you, she, the church, cannot exist in safety, let her be ever guided by your grace. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.